the Koi Gig Pod. I wouldn't even look at them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even prepare mm. to play against them because you do know what you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> we could beat them six nil, or we could lose six nil. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Derek McNamara from ReactRugby.com is back with us. Derek, good morning. How are things? Yeah, good. Be honest, I haven't be slept. Honest, Derek, be Come honest. on, tell us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had one of those nights that you have when, uh, maybe once or twice a year, where all three of the kids woke uh, at different times throughout the entire night. So you're watching the clock go 12, and then you're waking up, and it's like le- like 1, and then it's 3, and then it's 5. So <laughs> basically, I I'm I apologise in advance, but uh, I hope you give me some leeway if I'm no need not to as coherent as I normally Bad am. Bad parenting, but. if you ask me. Well, <laughs> myself and Johnny are, are as, as far as we know, childless, so I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah. that's uh, okay, so you, you're yet to, uh, you're exp- <laughs> um, yet to experience the pain. Yeah, <laughs> well, a lot of people relate to... I call I could not sleep last night for love and money. I was wrecked tired and I must have woken up 50 times worried about coming in this morning. Worrying you know, about waking up? Yeah, waking up and just knowing, like, knowing the dread when the alarm goes yeah. off at it's like, not nice, 6.20. Is it? No, it's not because I've been away in England for two nights, including a Cheltenham preview night. Your sleep is kind of disorientated. Early flight and then I'm so tired here. I can't sleep. So it's a totally different yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're dealing with stats all the time, Derek, too, yeah. which doesn't make it easier because you have to I mean, you have to concentrate by the whole nature of the whole thing. Well, I I tried explaining that there was no um, ice on the car. I was like, there's no sand in the... And I was like, oh, no, that's not a good start to my day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, okay, let's just get through 25 minutes. I can give it it my best for for 25 minutes. Will you get a nap later in the day now? Let's well, not get into that. <laughs> With three kids, it's not easy to Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll get into the first Very slide, busy. Derek, because Ireland yeah. Scotland, we might as well build, uh, build up to these games. So the, the three games this weekend, Italy-Wales, Saturday 2.15, England-France is 4.45 on Saturday, and then the big one, Scotland-Ireland, Murrayfield, Sunday at uh, 3 o'clock. So the first stats here, we have... Uh, yeah. Stats comparing Scotland and Ireland essentially in some different aspects of the game. Yeah, I guess we're, we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to boil the game down again into kind of easy to understand analysis or things that people can look out for during the game. So we have work rate, for instance. So the, for people that can't see this at home, um, we've basically breaking, broken down each team. You know, we've got three games of analysis now. We've actually got a, an enormous amount of data now that we can actually kind of lean on and actually start to kind of look at this information and say, okay, well, you know, what can we look out for in in the game against Scotland? So Ireland are number one when it comes to work rate. Scotland are number five. Um, <clears throat> tries against Ireland are number one. Scotland number three. Um, and then cards, things like, you know, cards, for instance, something to look out for. Ireland are at the top. We I don't think we've actually got a card yet, but Scotland are down at number five in the, the six-team tournament. Um, so what we're just trying to show here is, is that there's a bunch of different... Um, analysis aspects or different um, parts of the game that we can try and show that there's significant difference between one team and another. This is very interesting, the work rate by half. Yeah. Uh, so... That's not by half. It's not... It's not. It's, it's basically a ranking, so... So explain for the, for the people <coughs> that are looking at that, that uh, latest graphic up on screen. What what does this... So oh, so... Sorry, yeah, we were going on... First half and second half, yeah. Yeah, sorry, so yeah. sorry. If we just go back to the previous slide. Yeah. So the, the work rate is basically... Um, what we're saying here isn't that, that it's not half of... Uh, Ireland. We're saying that when we rank all six teams, Ireland have had the most amount of activities in the game. 
yeah. then I think I come around. I think it's uh, or Wales and then anyway down, moving down. Um, but what we're saying here is that uh, Scotland have the second last. So they've got the lowest, second lowest work yeah. rate. That's what this, this information here means. <clears throat> but these are kind of box scores, right? These are just sort of um, high-level view of analysis. This isn't stuff that we would be calling as, as revolutionary from what we do. Not at all. It's actually, this is the easiest stuff that we do. Um, but what, what I want to try and bring through is the next slide, if we can show the next slide, which is, <clears throat> this is basically our grades. When we, when we take each player's interaction and we uh, aggregate the first half and the second half, so for... In this slide, we have two uh, lines. One is for Ireland and one is for Scotland. The lines on the left show the the work rate and the quality of the work rate in the first half and the quality of the work rate in the second half. Mm. And this is sort of analysis that we would have provided into um, Ogara, Ron Ogara last year. And you would have been able to look at trends and and the way in which Leinster play. They were able to identify that Leinster had a significant drop-off in the quality of their performances in the second half. And that's what this indicates. Is that... Is that fitness or is it change in personnel or what is it? Or is it the tactics of kind of reserving yourself for... Like Ireland have finished, like the French game, they finished so strongly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> this, so this, this line, what we're showing here is the trend in, in Ireland's play at the moment isn't that they're, finish, that they're finishing poorly. That was for Leinster last year. Mm. Ireland are actually dropping off significantly at the end of the first half. Yeah, mm. um, that's interesting. So there's a big drop off and that's, that could be just because they're... they're you know, and this is this is if you were looking at this from an analytical perspective, this first half view is kind of what you want to see. You want to see the players, you know, being as you know, come out of the blocks, be as uh, tuned in as possible, and then have a drop off throughout this first half. So that's that's what this indicates. But what we want to try and identify is how do we identify the difference between a team um, and the quality of their performance, and. This shows basically we have Scotland, Ireland are better. There's basically six sections per, per half. Ireland are significantly better in one, two, three sections, while Scotland are slightly better in one and better in, in one. So <clears throat> what we're trying to say here is is that using the box scores, we can kind of tell a story, but using the analytics and the, the grades that we collect, we can actually predict to some extent what will happen if the game plays out in the same way as, as we'd expect. But Stupid question alert here, Derek, <clears throat> from me. But like, so you're seeing figures there for people who are uh, listening as opposed to watching 3.47, 3.44, Ireland kind of dropping off to 3.28 towards yeah. the end of the second half. What do these numbers mean? How do you quantify something like work rate? So we we, we say, okay, um, we look at passes, for instance. If we t- we to give us a grade of one to five on a pass, a pass that's a turnover is a one and a perfectly timed pass is a five. A rook is a one that results in a penalty or turnover that's dangerous. And a five is a perfectly uh, body position, down low, technique perfect, protecting the ball. Carrying the ball is speed onto ball. So if a player is running as fast as they can, speeding, sprinting, then they get a five. If they're going backwards, they get a one. It's it's all of these scores are very very meticulous. So ca- carrying the contact, for instance, if you spill the ball uh, uh, when you go into contact, you get a one. If you go backwards, you go two. Three is just somebody goes to ground. A four is they they break a tackle, but they go to ground. And a five is they break a tackle and they stay on their feet. So when we aggregate those scores and the Ireland line, there's there's 4,000 of these grades graded in this green line. It's the same for Scotland, probably a little bit less. But the idea here is, is that it's a very, very accurate score. So, you know, there's there's maybe three or 400 players involved in rooks. We can then say, okay, 
where does Ireland lie compared to Scotland using this analysis? And it's what we're trying to do is we're trying to take all this massive amounts of information and provide it in a kind of easy to understand view. So you don't have to use your head. You can just go, all right, Ireland are dropping off in the first half. Yes. How can we try and change that trend? You look at some of the other, I'm just looking at some of the other stats from that first um, opening slide. So you're, you're talking mm-hmm. penalties again. So penalties against Ireland in fourth, That that's... Yeah, so they're, they're giving away. That's something that we would look to, to say to Ireland and say, look, this is something that you you probably know you're, you're giving away too many penalties. Yeah. Um, I think Andrew Porter probably gave away most of these. <laughs> so, but um, look, that's, that's, that's something in my new detail. But like um, the idea here is, is that's, that's something to look out for. Ireland aren't going to be able to get, break, break Scotland down as much in that, that kind of uh, halfway to, their own, to, to Scotland's 22 as much as other teams because they're just not going to give away those penalties. Uh, you wanted to touch on some of the other games as well. Yeah, so I thought, England, France. You have, you have similar stats for them. That, that I mean, this game is going to be fascinating on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I guess we we, we looked at England, and Scotland as well. We kind of changed some of these stats were different because again, we want to try and show um, the you know a significant difference between them. So um, the things that are kind of really interesting are is that England are joint first with us with no cards, and uh, France are at the bottom. So. France are the most indisciplined team when it comes to Some cards. Things never change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and penalties against uh, England are first, and um, France are fifth. So England you know, are hitting a lot of good metrics there, which seems a bit surprising. This is the issue with the current state of analysis. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to give you kind of a very broad view. But when we start to look into it in a little bit more detail. We, we provide a secondary layer of analytics, which is, you know, based on passing, carrying, tackling, kicking, the, the metrics, the skill sets that you want to know. Mm. And England aren't mm. quite at the top there. That adds up. Yeah. So what, what the one thing that, you know, we, we look at as well to try and take into consideration is um, passes pressured. So basically, England are number two when they pressure uh, France. So look out for that quick line defense, trying, trying to disturb France's game plan. Um, and then look, we, you know, obviously you'd expect this, but uh, England are sixth when it comes to offloads versus France, who are number one. So that whole idea of Jouet Jouet is <laughs> is very much in in line here. So if we just go into the next slide. Then we'll, we're just taking the same uh, view as um, as uh, the Ireland versus Scotland, where we're taking those thousands and thousands of grades and aggregating them by first half and second half and you can see that there's not there's not much of a difference between the two teams you know England are a little bit better in, in three of those sections and France are significantly better in one so you know again if, if we were to look at this and we were to you know think about this from a gambling perspective or put it from a game plan and also looking at the likes of um, I don't think France have won in, in Twickenham in you know 15-20 mm-hmm. years or something like that you know the, 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 the information that we see here would indicate that England are probably favourites when it comes to th- this game um, this data is just based on the Six Nations this year yeah yeah yeah. yeah. The last three games so yeah. it's all equivalent you know what I mean yeah. and it's a perfect example of how to use data to, to drive decision making and actually improve performance so for people listening as well so England seeming by work rate by half seeming to finish each half slightly stronger than France have in the Six Nations so far yeah and exactly yeah and England come out of the blocks in the second half as well tuned in um, so watch out for, for points scored. We, we can actually layer over this where, where teams are scoring their points as well in the same vein to show you where 
you know, are, is this quality of performance equating to, to scores? I would have presumed France were favourites, so there England like actually metrically have a. There's things wrong with France, though. Yeah. There's things wrong wrong with France. Um, <clears throat> the the previous slide would, would would indicate that you know there's they're really not number one. Like they're number one at offloads, mm. but you know it's the way they play. Their it? work rate, the way in which they play, they're sixth in work rate. So the, the, we think I'm not sure if you heard the previous pods, but we've been going, going on about this from the start. Even yeah. last summer, we were talking about it. The fact that the new rules that they've brought in mm. have increased the amount of ball and time played yeah. by 20%. That's per yeah. is that fr- that's French laziness or what what's going on there? No, it's it, look it's they've they've play a very big pack, you know, and those if you if you're getting them to work 20% more hiring. Yeah, also yeah. They, but they've also used the most amount of subs. So mm. they their subs have played most amount of minutes. Now that's due to the cards. Mm. So those cards are the reason why that happens. Mm. So there's there's like four or five things that are kind of jumping at me saying Okay, they 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 every game they play there tends to be more of these small little issues that are coming up, rather than them fixing the issues that they have. Mm. So the, the the trajectory of Ireland is still at a very you know steady pace, improving, you know, learning different ways to play, learning to play different teams. With with France, it's it's plateaued. They're not they're not going getting worse, but they're not getting better. The defense is getting worse, but their their attack is getting slightly better. I love trying to decipher whose t- halftime team talks are better based on these stats. Like you see yeah. Scotland coming out stronger in games than Ireland yeah. uh, in the second half, and similarly for England and France. The, the Gregor Townsend and Steve Borthwick team talks must be that little bit more inspirational based on these numbers. All of the changes you're making as well, like True. in the sense yeah. of the, the, third, the, the fourth quarter where you probably do want to change your pack a bit like because they're getting tired or whatever. The 20% thing as well, like it's mad. It's like the World Cup in football where all of a sudden like you're just, you're dealing with like 20% more time because yeah. of, ex- of injury time and it changes so much in the dynamic. Yeah, well it's not, um, it wouldn't be as effective in soccer, I don't think because mm. it's not a physical sport. But mm. When you've got guys running at each other for so tired, they're not conditioned to mm. do it, and then you, you you get a yellow or red card <laughs> mm. at the start of the game, and all of a sudden your game plan changes. It's it's very much it's it's really has changed the game, but in a better way, right? Mm. Like it's the game is more free flowing. There's more passing. There's more evasion, which is fundamentally what rugby is, right? So that's that's that can be good. The, the, I can foresee the fact that players are going to reduce in size and skill level is going to increase, which is what you want. And would the stats suggest Scotland or our, our, the Scottish game or the England game is more of the banana skin for Ireland in this quest for the grand <clears throat> final? Well, <clears throat> Ireland are very much based around process and understanding the way in which we play. And the fact we've got so many leaders in so many positions, it means that we're able to... Uh, the, the coaching staff were able to get that game plan over the players and players just take it over. Mm, okay. But if you have any of those kinks in that group of players, like Scotland might have, with, you know, they a red card, so they a couple of players that are missing. That's, you know, in Ireland with the work rate that we have, even if Scotland get ahead, and I can imagine, I can, I can foresee Scotland doing something a bit quirky, a bit different, you know, like I think it was 2017, the, the, the quick line out throw to the to the um, centre scoring the try wow. I, I can imagine something like that happening again maybe potentially with Scotland but I, <clears throat> if, if Ireland can continue to keep that ball in play the, Ireland's work rate will, should 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 do it Battle for the wooden spoon or to avoid the wooden spoon <laughs> rather than Rome Saturday afternoon Yeah so um, there's some really glaring analysis um, 
ideals here from 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 Wales especially there's one thing that is very interesting they've used the most amount of players in the competition right. uh, England have used the least amount um, but the thing that that it doesn't bode well to a certain extent for, for Wales is their defensive game plan they're, they're doing a very high pressured game plan but they're also having the most amount of uh, tackles after ball mm. so after when a ball is passed they're still continuing to tackle as soon as you do that, though, the, the, what happens is that the, the players, uh, there's gaps in the defensive line. Mm. And what that's what the pass is pressured. So Italy are six, so Italy are very passive in their defensive line. But the way Italy play, they're very, very fast. They're very, very quick. They're very, very quick at moving the ball. I would imagine that this would probably be a reasonably high-scoring game because of that, mm. because Italy have got such fast backs and they run the ball so quickly, even if they're missing Car... What's his name? I can't, I can't pronounce, pronounce it. Carpa- Car- I'm not going to attempt the Italian. Carvisi, <laughs> yeah. Columns there. Carvisi, yeah, yeah. Language um, guy. Yeah, so, but uh, the, the, the point here is is that if, if Wales can come out and try and, um, you know, increase the work rate, um, they, they could. And also, like, Wales... They do contest most of the uh, plays. They do contest most of the breakdowns of all the teams. So that's that's it's quite old school. Breakdowns contested. Uh, Wales are in first. Yeah. Italy sixth compared yeah. to the other six nations teams. So Italy again quite passive in defence. They'll allow you to get the ball and retain the ball. They won't try and steal it. Whilst Wales, which it could have something to do with the age of their team and they're not willing to run as much mm-hmm. and they're just willing to get to a breakdown and they'll con- they'll make a uh, they'll contest a breakdown but not expect it to actually turn over the ball they're just doing because they're there but do you um, have a general figure for what home advantage is worth in uh, or does that vary kind of I guess from ground to ground because like it's funny in the in the pandemic yeah all of a sudden just home advantage certainly in football like practically that. just didn't matter anymore it, it literally yeah, is yeah. all about the crowd funny enough and that was that actually seemed to prove it and uh, you'd imagine this is a big factor for Italy here yeah I, <clears throat> I think it can be cyclical though right mm. I think you can get a coach that will be able to work with a specific type of players to try and get more out of them for that ideal before the game but if 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 you don't play well at the start of a game you you're going to lose a crowd yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. no matter how much you you have home field advantage so i don't know like it's it's hard for italy because like they they have shown improvement but they're not showing it on the scoreboard you know it's capuoso sorry that the italy are missing the course yeah, they're certainly yeah. scoring more like they're certainly yeah. scoring more but they're obviously losing games yeah we i don't think we have enough data to actually you know accurately identify the the the, the difference between home and away Mm. Work rate by half. It uh, yeah. looks looks to be Derek. The time to, to really get at the Italians is just before half time. Yeah, yeah. There are or try and slow down Wales. Yeah. is more so. So in this line, the the Welsh um, are they have their best section in the, at the end of the half. So basically, they're they're they, they're slow to get into the game. You probably expect that with the age uh, of their team, um, which is quite old. But they they do improve, improve, improve in the first half. Um, so if you're if you're Italy, if you can weather that storm at the end of the first half, then you've got a really good chance of winning this. So for people that are listening, we you know Italy are um, are better in two sections, and Wales is better in one section. So it's a lot closer than the others. Again, you have also been busy picking a, a React Rugby team of the tournament. Now, what I love about this is, generally speaking, we, when people pick teams of the tournament, it's 
it's biased, people have their opinions, there's no opinion that's necessarily wrong. Yep. This is firmly based in stats, Derek. Yeah, this is this is as uh, nerdy as you're going to ever get <laughs> so you have <laughs> statistical perspective yeah so maybe talk us through the team so in terms of the, the, the uh, personnel France and Italy have no players Wales have one Ireland have four players in the team of the tournament England and Scotland have five each so talk yep. us through it yeah I suppose um, Pierre uh, who's the uh, loose head prop from Scotland he grades really really highly because he's really good at uh, tackling, he's really good at carrying and he's really good at rooking. So he does those three things and obviously he's really good at scrummaging. So if you take those three things in open play, we weight those players towards what you know the average prop does. Mm. And by doing that, we can then identify who's the best player based on rival rate, accuracy at the, at the rook, you know, tackle, where they make the tackle, all, all these things that we can rank you know, there's like, there's like 92 separate grades or, or qualitative metrics that we use. Um, so really nerdy stuff here. But the idea is, is that once we filter by position, we can then say who's the best player by week or by tournament or by whatever it is. And so that way we can, you know, see that James Ryan would be, you know, he's he's included. So the, the Irish players that are involved are James Ryan, uh, Caelan Doris, Josh van der Fleer and Hugo Keenan. And what you probably find is a lot of people out there, oh, you don't need to do analysis to do get that. that. I, I could have told you that. Well, you've got a lot of French people who are scoffing at this as well. They're like, how can <laughs> we not have one player we've the best scrum half in the world? But obviously the metrics suggest this. Well, so we, we, I, I don't have the actual... I could, I could open it up, but it's not great uh, radio. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I like sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but, you know, um, he he hasn't had the best, ga- you know, best um, game. And I... The way in which France are playing, they need to pass the ball more. So the likes of um, uh, Dupont, he he he's a good passer, but he's a really good carrier. Mm. But if those, if he's not a leg carry, if he if he doesn't have his forwards making front forward ball mm. and making, you know, so how scrum halves break the game then is is that they they don't just break after first phase. Because there's never gaps there for a first phase. There has to be for go forward ball. They need mm. to be able to get over the game line and actually make make uh, you know cause disruption in the defensive line. That's where he then goes. But if he's not allowed to do that and he doesn't, yeah. the French aren't doing that. The pack aren't doing that for him. Then his grades aren't going to be as high as somebody um, like. Uh, uh, Jamie, I think is I can't even pronounce his name. Sorry, <laughs> the, the Portfiet, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. he is really, really accurate at passing, but he's also gets the breakdown really, really quickly. So he's he's doing what a quintessential scrum half should be doing. Mm. And why is Finn Russell so? Why is he number one then as out of? So Finn Russell, I was having a bit of a go at him last week, but he's <laughs> he's well, actually yeah, you got to have a go at him and love him. At so the same you got to big up the Scots this week, <sighs> get them on their pedestal. He's one of the reasons I I certainly as a floating rugby fan I love yeah. watching him play. Yeah, because I just it's just like it's something you, you don't know what's happening here at all. Yeah, obviously I, he don't, <clears> but I don't. Well, that's another thing about the game on Sat on Sunday. Um, the uh, Finn Russell actually had the most amount of touches of all players last week when you take away the scrum half because the scrum half is just mm. passable but when you take away all the players he had the most amount of impact on the game last week and he's you know he's brilliant he makes I think he has the most amount of turnovers for 10s I think the closest is 4 he has 12 
Okay. Wow. So he, you know, he does turn the ball over, but he also has turnovers four. So he, you know, he has twelve turnovers against, but he also has two. Um, but he kicks 50, the ball a lot as well. Like so, he's kind of like he will give the ball away. Like yeah, but he, he gives away the, that skip pass. But I'd imagine for for Friday or Sunday's game, Ireland's team will have enough homework done about Finn Russell, and I'd imagine that although Finn will probably probably bring in to be crossfield kicks, there'll be, you know, things to try and disrupt what Ireland are going to do in defence at the start. But I think Ireland will shut down Finn Russell. What will they do? I, if I was playing against him, I'd just blitz one person, uh, uh, you know, whatever, average 14, I think he's, his average pass right, he, he, he primarily passes off his right. Okay. So he, he, he thinks there's like a 15% discrepancy between him passing left and passing right. So he, wow. he doesn't get the so when he gets the ball and he's anyway under pressure he won't pass off his left right he'll kick it so what I would imagine is is that the Irish team will blitz outside Finn Russell they not 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 directly beside him but mm-hmm. like fifteen meters outside him and then that will mean that as soon as he gets the ball and he's always going to give that pass because he likes passing that that'll just blitz the defense and it will just slow down any uh, for go forward ball. Uh, that and also so the other teams that they've played against they commit to the tackle much quicker so they'll they'll run up and they'll hit Finn Russell <clears throat> when he makes a pass and then what'll happen is is that Finn Russell will then do a a, a, a dummy pass and they'll all follow it the next time mm. and then he'll go through so there's Ireland will know all this they've got too many good players to 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 fall for that um, so I, I definitely foresee them. Yeah, Ireland. Yeah, so for people listening, the uh, the, the full team that followed that team of the tournament based exclusively on stats: Scoman for Scotland, uh, Loosehead, Turner at hooker. You've got uh, Sinclair for England at uh, tighthead as well. Second row of Chesham and James Ryan, uh, Ludlow, Doris and Van der Fleer. No arguments there. The uh, uh, Van der Van Portfleet, as we said, at scrum half and Finn Russell at number ten. You've got Hawkins, the only Welsh inclusion at number twelve, and uh, Hugh Jones as well, and then. Uh, no arguments with that uh, that one uh, number eleven Duan van der Merva Hugo Keenan as you said Derek at, at uh, fifteen and Malins at the uh, at fourteen as well so uh, listen people can uh, can let us know what they want us to touch on next week we've got a fairly big game the week after this one if we beat the Scots this weekend all being well someone in the comments has said uh, Jack has said any stats on how many times James Lowe has to tie his hair back up potentially we'll look at that next I mean, week I presume you've that covered it's a difficult yeah. one we'll look at it next week maybe yeah, yeah. So we'll, we, we can add it in there right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Add it. it's a very important <laughs> one uh, Derek great stuff as always thanks yeah. a million cheers lads brilliant stuff Derek McNamara there reactrugby.com as we said OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now